We are also brought to you guys by Monarch Social. Now, Monarch Social isn't just another social media marketing company because they're going to take care of you on all your digital marketing fronts from SEO to beautifully designed websites to custom videography. And if you want to know more about that, you got to check out the video they did for me uh, on the Thinking Project Facebook group um, because it was absolutely phenomenal. They absolutely killed it. Morgan and his team take really good care of you. They walk you through every step of the process and the communication is on point. So if you need a custom video, a beautifully designed website, if you need uh, custom social media ad campaigns, Monarch Socials, where it's at. They also have a podcast they release every Friday where they bring you a ton of value. So check them out, monarchsocialbrand.com, or you can find them wherever uh, you're on social media because they're probably there too. So check them out, monarchsocialbrand.com and get your digital marketing rolling. We are brought to you by Happiest. Happiest is your number one place to go for premium CBD products that will not break the bank. And guys, I've used these products for a long time. There's a lot of CBD out there. So uh, why I like it is uh, if you're a first time user to CBD, you're going to be able to get some of the best quality stuff out there without... Uh, spending all the money. They're about 50 to 60% less than some of the big guys for the, for the quality and the quantity that you get. So check them out. They have a number two, uh, daily use broad spectrum oil. That's fantastic. They have a number eight sleep aid, which is phenomenal. And their number 14 freeze roll on for your aches and pains, muscles and joints is absolutely incredible. So there's something for everybody there. Definitely go check them out. Happiestmed.com. Uh, save some money on a buddy pack uh, or just grab a couple for yourself. I mean, guys, you're not going to regret this. And if you're a veteran user, you're going to get the potency and the CBD that you love again without breaking the bank. So you don't have to sacrifice the quality. So make sure you go check them out. Happiestmed.com and tell them the thinking project sent you. Okay, guys, it's time for me to introduce my next guest. Before I do, huge shout out to everybody who's joined the Facebook group, who's followed me on Instagram. Uh, up to this point, if you haven't, uh, join, uh, you follow me on Instagram at Dalton K. Jenton, and that's where I post a lot of my stuff. Uh, join the Facebook group. <laughs> I pretty much accept anybody, uh, you know, because really the only way you hear about that group is through the podcast. So uh, if you join that, let me know. Um, we we shout out everybody on there. So uh, it's a really fun group. It's getting really big as well. So um, if you're also listening to this and you have a business and you want to be in my preferred network for the website that's coming soon, uh, reach out to me. You can email me, uh, daltonkjensen at gmail.com. Um, or you can shout me out on Facebook, reach me on Instagram, whatever you want. Um, if you're listening to this on Apple, uh, consider leaving a rate and review, especially a written review that helps me out a ton. So without, uh, anything else. Um, I'm going to introduce Michael Glassford. I met him on Connect Utah. He's a business and trust attorney. Uh, and we got to talk about a lot of cool things, especially wealth building with a trust. Um, so stay tuned for that part of the episode because uh, the rest of it was fantastic as well. You'll get to hear his stories uh, moving from Missouri out to Utah and everywhere in between. So uh, without further ado, Michael Glassford. Thank you, everybody. Welcome, everybody. This is Don Jensen, and you're tuning into The Thinking Project. Hey, how's it going, Michael? Good. How are you? Way good. So do you prefer uh, with or without my totally cheesy sales background? <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Oh, I want to keep it on then. All right. 
All right, let's Good do publicity, it. Publicity, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. I'm surprised more people don't. I always tell everybody, I'm like, hey, we're gonna go, um, we're gonna go live on uh, Facebook, and um, so like, you know, this is what we're gonna do, and and yeah, I'm surprised more people don't put their branding on there, dude. Right? You know? <laughs> yeah. And you go to these Zoom meetings, you only get 30 seconds to talk, but. That thing talks for me for an hour and a half the whole meeting. That's right, man. That's right. Here, let's, uh, well, hopefully we'll talk more than 30 seconds, you know. This is a different situation, but. Oh, yeah. Are you, uh, here, I'm going to, I'm going to get everything going for our live right now, but are you on a lot of those uh, networking meetings? Yeah. So I, uh, I go to at least two or three Connect Utah meetings a week. Oh wow. How are the how are those? Post one. So I have to be Oh that yeah. <laughs> uh, they were they're awesome. They it's the difference between me being shut down last year and having one of my best years ever. Oh really? Uh-huh. That's good. That's good to hear. You know, with that attending those meetings and knowing the the core group being active on the Connect Utah Facebook page and then yeah. doing one-to-ones with with folks it's just like the uh the secret sauce to uh getting a ton of referrals on facebook plus <laughs> a few other things but yeah it's been it's been definitely a, a good group yeah i i uh i was really um searching for like a a big networking group like that when i started my podcast and i was really surprised to find uh, connect Utah. And when I joined, there was only like 12,000 members. I mean, it was pretty big when I, when I joined the first time, but, uh, it was, um, like it's grown crazy, but there was only like 12,000. Now there's almost 20. Yeah. When I joined almost two years ago, well, I actually think I'm coming up on my anniversary. Um, two years. Wow. We had like 9,000. <laughs> really? So Holy cow. Excessive growth. And Roger really keeps a button on it. He There's really like 200 does. people. There's 200 people waiting right now to get in. Like he doesn't Are just you accept you. He, he vets you and makes sure you're a legit business and wow. three questions. And so I yeah. get some background or some back, back office Intel. Cause I'm one of the directors and one of the moderators for the group. And yeah. So works out that's pretty sweet and you know what dude he's absolutely crushed it he found a way to make a really solid facebook group it's really good yes it's very, he just needs to find a way to monetize it because he yeah, doesn't make he does. any money off this no not yet ha, okay let's let's just play for fun all right i know i know lawyers don't normally like to play these kinds of games for fun but <laughs> you don't know me very well do you <laughs> that's fair but like what would you do if you were if you were like in roger's spot how would you decide to monetize it so two two ways he's got some different ideas and i don't necessarily like them but i would um i would find a way to charge everyone five dollars to be in the group five dollars times twenty thousand a month sure is lots yeah that is a lot of money Um, holy cow you would probably lose You'd probably lose about three thousand to four thousand people. They're like, no, I don't see any value for that. Sure. So five dollars times sixteen thousand is still <laughs> a lot. 
Yeah, it is. Uh, and if he's uncomfortable with that, I, I always, I always thought when we were having in-person meetings that, you know, just add $5 to the, to the meeting. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of five groups. meetings, pay $5 per meeting. Yeah, there's a lot of groups, I think, like BNI, that they charge for like, um, to be in the group, to be in the networking group. And maybe it's not BNI, but yeah, they're, they're, they have a whole different pro, uh, pricing model, BNI. Okay. Yeah, I, I went you, to one you, you once. Pay up to, you pay up to like 1500 bucks a year for that. No kidding. Wow, yeah, that's they have their, I think their dues are around nine hundred a year now, and and then they have chat dues on top of that to pay for their halls and their meeting places. Holy cow, that's expensive! I went one time to because one of the the ladies that I had on the podcast, she was like, "Hey, do you want to come join this while uh, I present?" And I was like, "Well, sure, yeah. If you're presenting, like I'll show up and do a little bit." Uh, and it was pretty cool, but yeah, they hit me with some pricing, and I was like, well, "I don't really need." BNI that much. Oh, sorry, Michael. I think I lost you. I'm still here. I just froze for a sec. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can hear you. I pay for the world's best, worst internet. <laughs> that that that's the trick, isn't it, man? That's it that's way the trick. Well, um, as long as you accept that you have the world's best, worst internet, then, then right. they don't ever let you down. <laughs> That's so true. Holy cow. Well, uh, I'm, I'm super happy that you're here and that you decided to talk to me. Um, cause I think, uh, I think there's a lot of people who could benefit a lot of business owners who could benefit from knowing, um, like what you do and who you are. So why don't you tell us a little bit about like what you do, how you started and, and, uh, you know, where you're at now. All right. That's, that's a lot of questions rolled into one. Uh, so I'm, I'm Michael Glassford and I, my firm, my law firm is Legal Inc. Um, and I've been coming up on starting my 17th year in, in the practice of law. Wow. Uh, my, my practice is, has grown, you know, over the, over 17 years. I started out as a, a brick and mortar law office in, in Missouri. And uh, oh, no I kidding. Was, uh, <laughs> I was the country lawyer and pretty much did anything that came through the door. So I got a very broad um, experience of, of different kinds of law. I did criminal law and, and divorce law and, and estate planning and, and business law, pretty much anything that came in the door. Wow, Again, yeah, you know, no kidding. The town what had part of, 200 people. What, what part of Missouri? What town was it? So it was Montgomery City. And then, uh, Nice. Opened a second office in a, in a bigger town. You know, we're talking metropolis of, of <laughs> seven thousand people uh, in Warrenton. Oh, that's cool. So I'm from Iowa. I'm from Southeast Iowa, and uh, part of our Tri Cities right there because we we're we we're right on the border of um, Missouri, Illinois, and Iowa. And so it was like ten minutes to Missouri. It was awesome. I lo- I'm I'm a Midwest guy. Gotcha. How close were you to Hannibal? Hannibal, Missouri. Was that pretty close to Hannibal for you? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. All day. Yeah. We were like maybe 30 minutes, 45 that's, minutes away from Hannibal. That's one of my favorite places. I like to go sit on the river and just write like, like pretend I'm like Tom Sawyer. 
it was a uh, because I've never heard of those small towns in Missouri. But I mean, there's when you're in the Midwest, anything goes. Like you can be, you can like for blink and miss two or three of the small towns like while you're driving. Absolutely, and you know, <laughs> my town was right between Columbia and St. Louis, okay. so many people didn't know what the name was. But I said, "Well, if you drove from one to the other, you stop somewhere to go to the restroom." That was my town. <laughs> That's awesome. Because we're about man. halfway. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, right on. Okay, so yeah, so you started we, in Missouri. We were known as the, yeah, so started there and uh, just had a little firm, you know, had hung my shingle and grew a pretty successful practice. And team came out to Utah to visit my, my family here that had moved out a few years before that. And, and we just uh, really liked the space here and liked what was going on. And, and uh, it, felt, it felt right to come this way. So sold the practice. Tried to sell the house and you know, don't don't sell a, a custom built house in the country during a, a second recession. Yeah, uh, no. that didn't go so well. <laughs> uh, not like real estate today here in Utah. Yeah, uh, no kidding, dude. It's bonkers. <laughs> it's crazy now. Yeah, we uh, but we came and uh, I joined a firm for a little while and uh, as a serial entrepreneur, don't don't go half your career and then have a boss. Uh, so that didn't last very long. Um, but we we split amicably. Uh, yeah. Just, I was, I'm not, I'm not designed for a boss. I'm an entrepreneur and, and I have like six or seven businesses going at any time. Uh, the law office has always been the constant main one. Yeah. Uh, but I, but uh, again on my own uh, in 2015 and, and rebranded and created legal Inc. Yeah. And, uh, for a while I, I stayed true to my, my roots and I continued divorce law and I did business and, and also state planning. And, uh, through the last several years, you know, with that divorce, I, f- I finished a divorce book. It was called "You Failed at Marriage, Don't Fail a Divorce," and uh, <laughs> that was like that was like my swan song, so I could yeah. I could retire as a divorce attorney. Um, yeah. The book's now called "Divorcing with Dignity" because no one really liked the snappy <laughs> uh, title. But but that's uh, a great title, though. <laughs> like, if it's the point of the book, <laughs> the whole point of the book. <laughs> don't carry the failure of one event into the rest of your life. Yeah, uh, seriously. But man. you know, it's a little raw, so we we changed it. I mean, the real point is having some dignity through the process. So the new title is yeah. "Divorcing with." Um, yeah, so I, I laid that aside and uh, we really just started focusing on estate planning only. But because I'm an entrepreneur and, and just have run so many businesses in my own career, uh, my demographic that I serve mainly is business owners. So I, I stay very much in, in, in connection with contract law, with business formation law, with you yeah. know, being able to continue to provide services to my clients for their business because they, they really do mesh together, you know, protecting your estate, your, your future, your story. Yeah. Um, business is a huge part of that because that's what's funding your activities. Yeah. So they really come together and, and that's where I find myself these days is helping people protect their estate, their story. And then, you know, along the process, really being there to be their inside, outside counsel and, you know, when you're, when you're a business entrepreneur and you're driving down the road and you have that burning question, like, should I do this or should I do that? And, you know, <laughs> you have that fleeting thought, like, I should call a business attorney. Yeah. But then you don't because you're afraid of the 5750 that you're going to get charged for the phone call. Yeah. So 
you just go ahead and blaze out and do whatever the thing was that you're thinking about ends up being the wrong thing. And then you pay 5,750 to fix it. <laughs> it's always more expensive to fix it. Fix it law is way more expensive than preventative law, but we never want to pay money for preventative law because ouch. So uh, <laughs> I put myself in the position where, Hey, phone calls are free. Just call me. Get yeah. that burning question answered. If there's a project around that, let's build that out. Let's design it. And you know, then we'll put a price tag to that. But yeah, get the question answered because uh, that's just really expensive. That is really expensive. <laughs> well, and the for small business owners, the legal part of it usually doesn't come up. Like in my experience, they usually don't even think about it. Um, oh, and you don't, and you don't even know to think about it. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. Generally, on in in Facebook land or any social media, we'll see a lot of small business owners jump on and say, thinking about starting an LLC. What should I do? Right. It's like the, a plethora of everyone saying, "Well, I started my company 15 years ago, and all I did was blah 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 blah." Yeah, you're like, no and, way, man. So they're they're right. They're not wrong. That's yeah. their perception and that's their experience. But what they where they fail is they've never been sued. So <laughs> what they did's never been tested. And what right. they did most often is not enough. Yeah. And so seriously. They're sitting on a time bomb. If and when things go wrong, they don't even know enough to know that they didn't do it right. So yeah, that, that's a little scary. That's way scary. And you know, like when I, I got my bachelor's degree in accounting. Um, and so there's a lot of like, we had to learn a lot of like the laws around accounting, um, you know, generally accepted accounting principles. And then like the legal side of like, you know, when a business gets involved with, you know, like when they get employees, what is that like tax? What are the tax implications? And then just like general, what are the like legal implications of that. I always say like I got a watered down business to like a law degree. Like obviously it's not the same, right? But we had to learn a lot of the same stuff. And, I, and I'm always surprised that like when people are like, I'm like, uh, you know, they'll call me and they'll be like, hey, I need you to do my taxes or something. And I'm like, all right, let me look at your business stuff. And I'm like, so where do you keep all your business money? And they're like, oh, like my personal account, right? They just pay me. And I'm like, okay, all right, dude. <laughs> Like, I don't know if I want my name anywhere. I'll tell you what, go get your own TurboTax account. <laughs> Give me the login and then I'll do it. <laughs> so I'm not touching. I'm not Let's putting my to my attorney and write a really big CYA letter. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, uh, but you know what? Like they just, you know, I think you said it right. Like you just, you don't know what you don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, what's out there, you know, you have, you have business resources, free yeah. resources, uh, and they're all do well, you know, mean well resources, but they're not always, I mean, if yeah. they were the attorney, then they would just be the attorney. So it's like, <laughs> you're, what are you shortcutting? Right. You, know, right. you have to ask yourself, okay. And, and I think it's this way with any industrious people, but a lot of times, you know, in Utah or, or, or pretty much across the States, um, we, we like to uh, trip over dollars to save pennies. Yeah, dude, for real. <laughs> and that's fine. I, you know, I'm, I, I count myself in that class. Like, let's save some money and do it yourself. But there's just some things, um, especially when it comes to your business. This is, this is your business. This is the yeah. thing that you're going to invest your life blood in. This is the, the thing that is going to provide income for your family. Yeah. Why would you want to shortcut that? 
Yeah. And like, and, and uh, not only shortcut that, but, but shortcut it and potentially, you know, put yourself at a huge risk for losing all of it. Include like not only just your business. Cause like when I was, when I talk, when I use that example a lot, like mixing business funds and personal funds, I'm like, you're not just putting like your business at risk. Right. Cause if some, if some, if it goes South, it, it can go South really fast and it can go even faster if you've mixed all of that together, because now there's no line when there should have been a line. Well, now everything's going South. Like we're just <laughs> overachievers. We just want to make sure that we fail as big as possible <laughs> So let's just make sure that it's all in the same bucket. Oh my gosh, man. It's true, dude. It's true. And, uh, and I mean, there's just too many business owners who, who've had to learn the hard way that it just doesn't make sense to like, to, to not go that route. So like, what are some of the, what are some of the things like that you get the advice that you give to like people who are starting a business? So we want to just like really look at the business and, and understand what their, what their why is. You know, I almost get into like business coaching a little bit. Yeah, um, that's not my space, and I'm not interested in doing that. But it comes with the 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 job detail, right? You know, as a, yeah. as a counselor at law in, in law school, they actually tell us you're supposed to share your life advice and share your life experience. <laughs> and you know, when I was a brand new lawyer, I'm like, I don't have any of that yet. How? What do I yeah. share? Um, yeah. But it comes. It comes along the way, right? And yeah. so, want to understand their 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 business. Are they really in business or are they still kind of a hobbyist, you know, like converting the business? Right, right. Um, so it's yeah. going to depend on the, the, you know, what they're doing, the industry. You know, I work with writers um, that's converting to, you know, professional writing. Um, but then I work with a lot of small business owners in, in Utah that, that uh, are in construction or in um, yeah. you know, the health services or, or just professional services or a mom and pop, you know, brick and mortar store. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of sky's the limit on who I work with, but it's the same business principle. So, yeah, you know, who, who's your team? You know, how, how have we assembled that? Who's your accountant, tax person? Who's your attorney? Who's your, Who's your business coach? You know, which, which ones are, are you heavy on? Which ones are you light on? Yeah. And, uh, for real. And then, you know, my, my position is to just sit down and say, okay, what are you going to achieve in the first year? Um, let's put together this, whether it's be a sole EBA registration with the state or I'm going to jump into an LLC. Let's talk yeah. about what S corp means and why we would want to be interested in that. Um, and they're all natural progressions in the conversation. Uh, and once, once we've gotten past foundational stuff and, and, and formation, then we want to talk contract. You know, are you a, a B2B business, a B2C business? What does your yeah. contract look like? Because this is another pitfall that we all think contracts are boilerplate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, while there's some truth to that, you can't write law any different than law, right? right. L-A-W every time. So yeah, it has yeah. to have the certain legal aspects, but you, you know, your contract, you know, two points that I always stress, your contract is your first impression to your business. And so if it doesn't represent yeah. because it's boilerplate and not yours, there's an issue there. And the second is when you talk to a lot of attorneys, they're like, we're going to make this bulletproof so you'll always win in court. Well, yeah. when I write a contract, I want to make it so it manages expectations so you never have to go to court. 
Right. And yeah. then second, if you do, I wanted to stand up in court for you. But you know, the the goal, you know, for and you got you got if the goal is going to court, then I, the attorney, the litigating attorney, get paid a lot of money. Yeah. If the goal yeah, is keeping yeah, yeah. you out of court, I get paid for the job, but I don't get paid the lots of money because I'm not going to court with you. So right. what's your attorney's main objective? To get you to court or to keep you out, <laughs> and you know, a lot of attorneys aren't even thinking it that way. Um, they're just, yeah, they're just doing what they're trained to do. So I'm not, I'm not trying to sneak some malevolence yeah. and malfeasance into that. They, they mean well, but yeah. you know, sometimes you gotta consider how we, <laughs> yeah, it is. right yeah i might be Uh, frozen oh yeah you were frozen for a little bit but i i think i got most of that but uh no i i think that that's really important and i like what you said there like as far as like your contract is like uh you know the face almost the face of your business that's like that's one of the impressions that people get when they sign up with you you know when they start doing business with you is like i i always feel like that's a good thing for people to have because it just i like the expectation like when i go into business with somebody that they know that I'm, that this is for real. Like, this isn't a joke to me. Like, we're not going to Venmo money back and forth. And I'm not going to be printing off text messages when I'm done. Hopefully, right? Like, I'm not going to be printing off text messages as our agreement. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, that yeah. gets really uh, sketchy pretty fast as well. Well, it just gets cumbersome. And, you know, how do you track that? And how do you keep them all in place? But there's little nuances to contract too. Like, you know, you're you're going through the contract and you 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 have a category for how much the job's going to cost. Yeah. You have like underneath it, you know, and, and payment plan, you know, information. So what have you done there? You've, you've uh, communicated to the potential client that you're willing to accept a payment plan. Well, that's great if you are, but yeah. you've actually just like funneled them down that way, you know, and, and pushed them away from paying up front by having that. So, Oh Yeah have that conversation with the drafting attorney that writes the contract. Is that the way you want to go? It, you know, do you want to stay away from payment plans? Do you want to leave a blank space? So if you have to write it in, you have the room, but it's not advertising to the client. Hey, you don't yeah. have to pay all up front. Um, <laughs> you know, so there's little things like that. Like, you know, if, if there's an, you can actually put an upsell on a contract, you know, and have like, you know, the regular job is A, yeah, yeah. but B is available and there's a little checkbox next to B. That's not been a part of the conversation. That's not even been <laughs> right. what they wanted, but now they're seeing, oh, wait, there's a B. And, you know, I've had clients and, and, and you know, businesses that have used that to actually do upsells in the contracts signing. Yeah, that which is a great idea, but and that and but and it's the perfect time to do it as well, right? Because you've already got the deal, and it's kind of like, hey, so we're already doing this. By the way, here's option B. Uh, if not, no worries. Sign right here, right? Like, uh, it's a and great way. Is it's there, so you don't yeah. even have to like say it. You know, it's just <laughs> there. It's just like planting that seed, and, and even if they're not interested in upselling today, yeah. they know now that you do that. Yeah. Well, and. Uh, here, I just have this question cause I used to work like, um, where we dealt with, so I used to work in a, at a car dealership in the automotive industry all the time. And it just always like, really like, I was always in awe about how many people like really didn't read the contract. Do you get a lot of the, like people like that? Like, 
I don't know. May, and maybe you don't, right? But like, I always feel like there's too many people who don't read the contract. So it's going to depend on the situation. Like when you're sitting in an auto dealership, you really don't feel like you have <laughs> much say. Like I'm either going to sign this and get the car or I'm not. There's no, we're not really negotiating. Sure. At that point. There's yeah. A lot of, there's a lot of transactional, you know, situations where we've, we've, stepped away from the art of negotiation. Like you don't go to Walmart and take the the can of soup up to the cashier and say, I'd really only like to pay 69 cents for this rather than a dollar yeah. 50. Yeah. You know, it's like, there's just no negotiation, but in small business, they're definitely that's still in play. And so, you know, that contract spending time to go through the contract, number one, making it short enough that it's worthwhile to the client to read, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and there, you know, in in language that's understandable, you got to have the legalese there. But designing it so it's it's a conversation that you're having with your client. We're going to go through this together. Uh, you know, we're going to answer questions as we go, and and we're going to click off whatever we're going to be doing and write in whatever we're going to be doing. But that's it's just a you know, it's the best script for creating it's, it's right there they're not going to fault you for reading it because you're going through together and yeah and, uh, yeah. you can you know f- do some negotiation in that process or at least some some communication and, and manage those expectations yeah for sure i uh i really i really like that what is some of like the what what is some of the advice that you do give business owners you know you were talking about a, you don't i mean obviously you don't do it a lot right but sometimes you have to give advice to business owners or or sometimes um, when I've talked to people in your position too, there's something that they just want to scream at the top of their lungs. And like, what, what advice do you give? What would that be for you? So again, it's, it's, it's my whole business is relationship based. Like the okay. better I know the client, the better I can give that. I think you froze. Awesome. Their, their restaurant or, you know, we're, we're hanging out. Um, I'll, I'll notice something that's going on. And, and first, just like a, just like a coach, you want to ask permission, you know, Hey, yeah. can I have your permission to, to give you a few, you know, observations or pointers or are you open to that? Um, but you know, if you can tell really quick after being in business for so long, um, and, and this is, this is the advantage of, of your business attorney actually knowing, you know, business, you know, how to, yeah, yeah. how to run a payroll and, and what it feels like to, you know, make it by pennies, you know, to pay everybody and, and, you know, yeah. the back office sorts of things that you got to deal with. There's a lot of business attorneys out there that have, their only experience has been transactional in their business office, in their law office. And they really don't know that stuff. They've never experienced it. Right. Yeah. So good that. point. So, you know, I had that experience of, I've owned restaurants, I've owned a gym once. That was a really bad decision. Uh, I'm a writer, I'm an editor, I, I speak, uh, I had the law office. Um, now I'm selling some some Facebook guide stuff. From what cool. I do on Facebook, I'm like, hey, it works for me. I might as well share that knowledge. So I do lots Heck of yeah. stuff like that. But when you sit down with a business and you can, you can kind of see really quick, Hey, you have that system in place. You know, here's a few ideas. Um, or, you know, I, I know this business coach that is perfect. You know, you have an issue with sales. So talk to Roger Copenhagen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Snack them with the right person, or I can just give them some suggestions on, you know, what, what's, what, what they need to do, what they need to read. Um, Cause there's so many amazing business books out there. 
um, that you can, you can get lost a little bit. Yeah, you can. It can be very overwhelming. What's a book that you recommend a lot? So just depends again on, on what their need is. Yeah. I love Michael Gerber. I love the E-Myth Revit. Um, oh, it's yeah. a really good formational book just to think about all of things that you haven't thought about yet. Yeah. Um, I love books like uh, Brandon Bouchard, High Performance Habit. Yeah. You know, it's just going to get you in the mindset of, of, you know, going through the daily rigmarole of entrepreneurship because it ain't fun every day. You know, the, right, the best part right. of entrepreneurship is you don't have a boss. The worst part of entrepreneurship is you don't have a boss. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. You know, That's so true. Your own, your own motivation. You had to reconnect yeah, to connect back to your why, you know, all that stuff that, that, you know, we, we think is all ethereal business talk. No, that's really day to day. It's got to be a part of your, your plan or yeah. you're missing something. Yeah. What made you, cause I've had, I've had attorneys on here before. What made you want to go into law? What made you decide lawyer? So this is a fun one. Um, I'm a writer at heart. I always wanted to be a writer. Uh, and so I, uh, I majored in English in, in college and, and was going to write the American novel. Uh, and, <laughs> right. and that doesn't pay very well. So yeah, most right. of my, most of my childhood mentors were lawyers. And uh, one time, one day, actually my, my father-in-law at the time was a lawyer and I uh, was engaged. Uh, so he was my father-in-law yet father-in-law to be. And uh, we were driving down the road and we got into an argument about something and I actually remember, but I won't share it here. Uh, <laughs> and at the end of the argument, he's like, man, I really like how you, how you, you know, hold yourself out and, and argue, would you consider coming and working with me? And so oh, all, of a no sudden, kidding. all of a sudden law school was on the table. Wow. Uh, you know, that with, with my childhood mentors, um, I said, why not? Yeah. So I went for to law real. school out in, in Kansas and really, really enjoyed it. You know, I'm dyslexic. And so, you know, reading and standardized tests have always been harder for me. And yeah. at the time I didn't know that I didn't, I have, didn't have a diagnosis or anything. Yeah. And so I took the LSAT for the first time and I, uh, I, I failed miserably and I didn't know why I'm like, I don't get what's going on. Yeah. Um, so had some, some good, uh, some good coaching back then, some good uh, mentors and and someone suggested learn how to speed read. So I actually got a copy of the Lord of the Rings. You know, the Lord of the Rings is a big part <laughs> of my old, life. I'm the yeah, big dork. Yeah. So, you know, this is when the movies first started coming out. So Heck fellowship yeah. was in the theaters yeah. and the, the book was in Walmart. And so I went and got that and learned how to speed read it, you know, read a sentence forward, read a sentence backwards, read a sentence forward. And it was so fresh on my mind. I, I can't do <laughs> Spent about a month reading the book, learning how to do that process, and went back and took the LSAT and got 15 points better. So that actually hey, there you go. got me into school. So I said, <laughs> Lord of Rings made me a lawyer. That's great. Well, I mean, that's, but that's a lot of things that people need to be aware of. But I feel like, because I grew up in, in that kind of period too, where I almost, and you can tell me if your feeling was different, but it was almost like... Uh, you know, society really didn't know about that stuff. And, and if they did like dyslexia, ADHD, stuff like that. And if they did, it wasn't like, you know, it was still almost like an excuse. You know what I mean? And not like a, not like a thing that we should help people manage and help people, you know, 
get better with and, and live with and kind of things like that. Cause I always tell people that I'm like, I grew up in the time when like, you know, kids didn't have ADHD. They, you know, you just got like suspended every day. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, uh, no, it it was a it. different time for sure. You yeah. Know, and, and we all have different, you know, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a disability. I think it's a sure. different learning style. And yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I learned best by drawing in class. And so I would actually comic strip the teacher's notes and then I would get <laughs> cool. in trouble for drawing. And, uh, you know, they, so like, why, are you, why are you drawing? I'm like, um, would you like me to tell you what you just said for the last 15 minutes? And, you know, sometimes they would challenge me. So I would, I would, I would go through the comic strip and say exactly what they just said. They're like, oh, yeah, continue on. Right. Like, Continuing on. <laughs> you know, yeah. They would yeah. give me four hours to do an essay test and I do it in a half an hour and they look at me and say, are you sure about that? You really want to turn this in? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to turn it in. And you're going to give me an A. Yeah, heck yeah. And that's right. Like, that's you're right. Just, you're just, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no, I just, this is how I learn. This is how I communicate. Right, right. Standardized test. I'm going to take the whole four hours and I'm not going to finish it. Right. <laughs> no, that's true, man. I felt because I had some of the same things. And one of the things that really helped me was memorizing stuff. So that, so that like, and I, and I have moments now where like my body, it's so, it's this weird kind of thing. Like, cause I got really good at memorizing stuff, you know, like put the first word uh, or put the first letter of every word on a note card and memorize long stuff. And, uh, and, and it'll be crazy. Like I'll have this impulse to write two numbers, like differently or letters differently or like something wrong. But then my brain will be like, no, you were like, it'll flash the picture in my head. Like, and I'll, and I, cause I learned how to memorize things and uh, yeah, you just have to learn how you learn. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I'm glad that we kind of got on that because I feel like it's important for people to know, like, um, there's no one way to, to do something, I guess. Right. Yeah. You just, you just understand your strengths and weaknesses. And yeah, like for me, I can't read a long number, but oh, I yeah. break it down into, into pairs, you know, 24, 17, 24, 22, like I'll remember that long number perfectly. But yes. if I look at the long number as a whole, I will not, I can't, my brain doesn't process it. It says, yeah. stop doing this. I hate this. You're the worst. <laughs> stop making me think. Um, right. Right. So it's like those little things. What works for you? How's it going to work for you? Yeah. Um, just play to your strength. You know, like I want to go back in time and throw a punch to the teacher that said, you won't have a calculator with you all the times of your life. <laughs> like smartphone much? Yeah, yeah I do actually. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I don't we need do. all that stuff you talk. And we don't. Yeah, <laughs> I, we, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I, I got lucky too. I, I went to college a little later in life and, you know, we had accounting professors and stuff like that. I mean, and all we did, they were like, you're going to have these tools probably for the rest of your life and they're probably only going to get better. So we're going to have classes like dedicated to these software, to the software that will, you know, we'll go over like a week of like the principles. So you understand what the software is doing because you need to, uh, but then we're just going to learn master the software. And I was like, that's cool. I love that. Cause yeah, it's that's, like, that's yeah. some good thinking right there. Yeah. Well, it's like, okay. Yeah. You need to learn the basics of what a calculator does, but it, but then like, you know, finally, you know, cause like, uh, I like, I like the calculator analogy because you can get some high powered calculators that'll do some amazing stuff that if you don't understand the principles, you won't know how to use it. 
So yeah, so understanding the principles are important and then knowing how to use a calculator will help you out, right? Yeah, and it depends on the industry, right? Like in my yeah, industry, sure. just just doing finance <laughs> math is important. It's like a, yeah. But yeah. I don't need to understand algebraic equations or geography. Sure. You know, it's, it's like I don't need to be able to break that down. <laughs> you know, if you're an engineer or, or yeah, man, yeah. You know, a chemist, sure, that's important. But that ain't me. Right. Yeah. No. And I think a lot of people, uh, you know, kind of look past that. But I really like that. Uh, I really like that, you know, you brought that up. So, it, but other than that, I mean, I mean, you, so you, you became a lawyer. Uh, you started these practices. What's the craziest? You mentioned that you opened a gym and that was the worst decision you've ever made. Tell me about that. It wasn't the worst decision. It just didn't go well. So I was in my oh, town okay. in, okay. in Montgomery and, you know, everything's a half hour away. So Walmart's a half hour away. Church is a half hour away. But we had this little gym in town that uh, was horrible and yeah. it was going out of business. And so <laughs> I said, well, I could let it go out of business and then I'm going to have to drive a half hour away to the, the next gym or, you know, get my own home gym, or I could just like buy this distressed company and run it myself. And uh, so we did, <laughs> my wife and I, and uh, we had a really good model. It was, it was kind of like a 24 hour fitness where there's a little keypad on the door. So members could come and go. Um, I was really excited about it, but the place we were renting, you know, the building itself was yeah. so old, dilapidated that like the roof leaked every time it rained. And, you know, they have water pouring down on five, $10,000 pieces of equipment. Yeah, that's terrible. And the landlord not willing to fix it. Uh, oh, that, no. that, put a, that rained on our parade a little bit. and so <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Up, we ended up shutting it down because, you know, it was just too much of a, a liability to the investment and, and selling off the pieces of equipment. Wow. Yeah, that would be frustrating, right? Because you're like, dude. Uh, how are you going to keep renting this out if you don't like just make it rentable, right? Yeah. So Dude. I mean, the space worked good if you were, you know, growing, you know, plants in there or something. But not, <laughs> not so much for <laughs> for what we wanted. Oh, uh, seriously, man. But seriously, like I, uh, I think that's crazy. That's cool. So what are so so um, you know? You said you have like six or seven businesses going on at any time, along with your uh, law practice, what else do you got going on? Okay. So the law practice is the main focus in estate planning. Yeah. So that's why you see the, my will kit behind me. Cause that's actually something yeah. I just created to put a will in someone's hands for $49. And, oh, wow. You know, and that starts the conversation and then we'll, we'll, we'll add on, you know, if, if, and when you need it, but yeah, like 60% yeah. of America has nothing. So I'm like, let's start with the basics. Right. Yeah. Uh, Most people my, don't even have a will, right? Yeah. When do you need to get a will? When do people need to get a will? Let me ask you that. So, you know, that's tangent, but it, um, now, uh, okay. If you don't have a will, the government has one for you. And so I always like to ask, raise your hand if you trust the government and no one, no, I never get takers on that. Right. They, no one ever (laughs) raises their hand. And so then I ask the next question, who doesn't have a will and you know, half the room raised their hand. 
okay. So you guys trust the government. That that's great. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Who who got divorced uh, using the the government's online program for free? The other half of the room raises their hand. I'm like, okay, so you guys trust the government, yeah. and uh, you know who filed their LLC without talking to an attorney on the government website? The rest of the room. I'm like, great. Yeah. We have a hundred percent of everyone here trusts the government. I'm so happy. <laughs> you know, I just it reaffirms my faith in in our government system. Uh, <laughs> But that's the thing. If you're not informed, you don't even know that you're depending on the government. It's right, a, right. A will is is taking power back from the government in in the fact that when you pass away and your family is in court, because a will doesn't avoid court probate, it directs it. It's a roadmap, and so it takes the oh, power back okay. from the government and then gives you the say of what happens, how it happens, and who gets what at the end of the, of the process. But that's still a golden ticket for the government to officiate and be invited to your last party. Oh. So trust law is the answer to that. And it takes away the government. It makes it private. It makes it we don't need a judge to transfer property. It's already done. And uh, we can start moving our <laughs> away from our dependence on the government and really focus on our wealth building with trusts. So yeah, we, wow. we see a lot of folks that are um, hesitant in that regard because they're like, oh, you know, trusts are expensive. Well, I've taken away that option too. You know, my, my trust started at 800 bucks. And so oh, cool. most attorneys charge that for a will. So it's yeah, like, no uh, I took away all your excuses. Are you ready to, to be rich now? You know, yeah, right. a lot of folks <laughs> think I'll get a trust when I, when I get there. But my philosophy is you'll never get there without the vehicle. And yeah. trusts aren't like the end all thing. Like you need to have a good financial plan. You need to have a financial advisor. All those things are important. Trust is one of them. Yeah. And, you know, when, when we have all those pieces in place, it's the vehicle to wealth, not the vehicle in wealth. Right. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. No, that makes a ton of sense. So um, I guess uh, explain that to us a little bit more. Why is the, why is tr a trust like a vehicle to, to wealth? Like, why do you describe okay. it like that? So it, uh, it takes away that first aspect of the whole probate will thing. You know, we, we, right. we have court, we have court because if you die with, with something, say a house, you, you're, you're passed away. You, you can't sign it to someone else. So yeah. we need a judge to take care of that signature and to transfer it to whomever that you wanted it to be transferred to, whether whether it's a will or, or no will, which is called intestate. Uh, yeah. A trust can own property. So you've already transferred hmm. the house to the trust. So you don't own the house anymore. The trust does. You're the property manager. That's your job as the trustee to manage the property. You're the beneficiary. You get to live in it. You get to use it. You get to enjoy it. You can sell it. You can upgrade it. You can still yeah, do okay. everything you did when you owned it, but now you don't own it. Right. So this is where it comes into a business model. You know, if you're a solopreneur, entrepreneur, and um, you have an LLC and you do something wrong and you create a liability, you know, the LLC gets sued you get sued. So maybe you're in the wrong and there's a hundred thousand dollar judgment. So they're going to come after the LLC's assets and they're going to come after your assets because you are the actor. So we're not talking about an employee that did it. You did it. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens if you have a trust, you don't own anything. Trust yeah. us. <laughs> That's true. So now you've created an additional liability severing, you know, you're keeping your stuff, 
yeah away from your name and the business name yeah. it's actually the answer to the solopreneurs you know because most of them without employees don't have that limited liability protection that the LLC is supposed to give you yeah that's until true you, until you grow till you have employees or other you know people involved in the business but a trust is the answer to that so it really does marry itself well in business law because we can start creating hmm. um, vehicles and tools to allow you to not only protect the things that you're working for, but to create them. You know, trust yeah. and estate planning is a really a mindset shift. Right. Um, you know, I always thought I don't have enough to justify a trust, so I won't get one until I do. Right. And oddly enough, I never had enough to justify a trust. But one day I decided I write these, you know, for a living, maybe I should have one for myself. So I created one and oddly enough, I started creating wealth. And I'm like, why is this? And it's because I created a vehicle, a vessel in which to put the wealth in and you know, oh. somewhere to start comp stockpiling and putting things together. And it wasn't yeah. until that moment. And I realized it's not what we do when we get there. It's how we get there. And that's how it's a vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really changes your mindset, your, your that's thinking, cool. your energy, into creating something. Yeah. Do you... Rather than getting yeah. somewhere. Can you have a lien against your house and it still be owned by a trust? Yes. So you're talking about a mortgage or, yeah. or something else. Yeah. Um, yeah. The trust... In, in real estate specifically, houses are owned by deed and, and encumbered by mortgage or, or, or deed of trust. Yeah. Two separate documents. So you can have an owner and then you can have an encumbrance. Um, the trust can own it. The, it can still be encumbered in your name by a mortgage. Uh, and, you know, it's the collateral if you default on that contract. Yeah. Yeah. Trust can own it. So the trust isn't going to protect you from your lien holder, from your mortgagee. Right. Uh, right. The trust right. is going to protect you from everybody else. Yeah. Okay. Cause, Cause your name doesn't own it. Yeah. Cause I was always like, and, and I don't know if this was like, I never really dug too far into this, but when I was in the car business and, and somebody wanted to put a car into a trust, it couldn't be financed. It had to be paid for in cash. Otherwise like, and maybe that's just because like the, the lenders that we worked with uh, didn't want to deal with that stuff. Um, but I remember like, uh, and, and I guess this is where my, my only knowledge of trust came from was like, uh, you know, it was usually the older generation and it was usually only cash because like we couldn't, we couldn't finance something in a trust. So I was just curious about that. Oh, looks like you're frozen, boss. Yeah, I'm back. Okay. Can you hear <laughs> me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yep. All right. See, world's world's uh, best worst internet. <laughs> best worst <Okay>. internet. <laughs> yes, sir. So a lot of that comes a lot of that comes because of, there's a, a lack of knowledge of how trusts work. Um, and okay. A lot of instability. Like I, if I do it that way, then maybe I don't have a, a perfected lien. Um, that's not true. Uh, a lien is a lien. You know, if you if you do it the way that the industry expects and demands, then it's it's there. So okay. A, a car can be owned by. So typically they'll want to see you buy it in your name. 
because you yeah. were working with your name and your your credit score, things like that. Trust, right. unless you've established it, aren't going to have lending power, credit score, things like that. Okay. Uh, so tr- they'll typically want to see it financed in your name. But once it's in your name, there's nothing that stops you from going down to the DMV and transferring ownership to the trust. Lien holder stays the same. Third party on the title stays the same. But now it's owned by the trust. Interesting. And we do the same thing in Utah with real estate. You you buy it in your name and you transfer it into the trust. When you sell it, you transfer it back to your name, then sell it. Um, Unless we're dealing with an irrevocable trust that you can't can't do that anymore. Yeah, that's Um, weird. Why would somebody do an irrevocable trust? So an irrevocable trust is unchangeable. And the reason that we create those is it locks it down even further. So if you can't get at it, then a third party definitely can't. So it's more protection. It's more uh, structure around the property. However, it's a bigger in the rear. Yeah. If you can't get at it, you can't get at it. So you're you're beholden to... uh, Third-party trustee, third-party property manager. You know, I just always see like the David Copperfield. You know, please, sir, may I have some more? Because that's the yeah. position you're putting yourself in, uh, asking the trustee to to consider, you know, taking care of you. Yeah, and, seriously. Uh, for the most part, you do a good job, but that you know that puts you beholden to somebody else, and so you know you'll see a lot of uh, irrevocable trust in um, in planning for uh, special needs children oh, and or adults. Yeah. Because uh, we don't want to change that, we want to put it in place and keep it that way. You'll see um, uh, irrevocable trusts and charitable trusts, the charitable remainder trusts, where we're going to put a piece of property that we own into the charitable remainder. We're going to sell the property from the trust. Now we're not. Uh, you're going to have a capital gain because the property isn't coming to us. The money isn't coming into us. The money goes back into the trust for the for the charity. Interesting. So there's lots of different kinds of trust that make sense to be irrevocable. You know, when a okay. first spouse dies, there's going to be an irrevocable piece. So especially if there's like second marriage and children from first marriage, you want to make sure that the children from the first marriage don't think that the second spouse is going to like burn their inheritance. You know, yeah, yeah. So That's, there, no, okay, that makes a lot of sense. There are reasons yeah, for that it. Makes sense. For you know, ninety percent of my clients, it's always let's talk about revocable trust, right? And, <laughs> and move into the irrevocable. But you'll 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 meet folks, um, attorneys and non alike that that push the irrevocable for a couple of reasons. One, it is super you know locked down. Yeah, but they're also more expensive. They're gonna make more money on that. And I'm not faulting them. I'm not saying that's wrong. But you gotta again consider the source. Like, yeah, am I getting? advice that's going to be beneficial to me or am I getting upsold? Yeah. For sure. Attorneys are not, you know, <laughs> we're people too. And they're right like up to there. Yeah. Money yeah. And, they're uh, right up there with car salesmen. I get you. You know, what I mean? I don't. <laughs> you know we looked, you know, we, we were the worst of the worst until, you know, um, uh, I'm going to ruin my own joke. Internet people. The, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Church engine. SEO. That's what I'm saying. Oh, SEO. SEO people yeah. made attorneys look good. Yeah. <laughs> At least SEO people in the 90s. Yeah, that's true. Holy crap, man. Well, that's super cool, dude. I think there's a lot of good things in there for business owners. I hope I hope they're listening because um I, I always find it really interesting. Um, you know, and I've been working for a long time uh to try to help business owners understand like that there's a lot more than that they can do than they realize. And there's a lot of good resources out there that they can utilize to like protect all this stuff. Cause there's a whole nother world uh inside, you know, 
litigation and, and not necessarily litigation, but like business law, right? Just business law by itself that uh, is that we don't know. And if you don't know it, it can be kind of scary. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and once you give yourself over to litigation, you know, you're, you're completely powerless. You know, you're, wow. you have, you have to have a, a mouthpiece. You have to have that attorney that's, that's there for you. And hopefully they're doing, you know, a good job for you. But yeah, sometimes right. even having a, a zealous attorney isn't the right thing. Yeah. Zealous just means a, a bigger bill. And ethically, <laughs> the attorney is, we're supposed to zealously represent our client. So ethically, you're already, we're already putting our client at odds saying, we're going to go gangbusters for you. But that might not be what they need to finesse and win the, the day. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a, we really see that a lot in, in divorce law. You know, I don't do it anymore, but you know, if I'm zealously representing my client, I'm pretty much saying, we're not going to put up with that junk. They're not going to get away with that. We're going to, you're going to have your day in court. And you know, that's yeah. a $5,000 statement. Uh, right. Or I could say, <laughs> you know what? They're junk. Let it roll off your back. We're going to continue our theory and we're going to get you divorced. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't make $5,000, but they, you know, keep 5,000 for their kids, you know, Harvard education <laughs> you know, for a long time. I'd ask, the, I'd, I'd ask the client, I'm like, I really appreciate you spending my kids to college, but maybe just maybe let's think about sending your kids to college. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great, man. So, well, you know, again, yeah, you just want to yeah. think through that stuff and then say, you know, you know, are they really excited about going to court? Maybe that's a little, maybe we don't want that attorney. And sometimes <laughs> yeah, it's needed. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's not. So. Yeah. You just got to know. Well, that's awesome, Michael. Hey, I really appreciate you coming on. I really appreciate you sharing uh, what you have and your wisdom. Um, if there is any place that uh, people can find you, obviously you're, you're really uh, uh, active on um, Connect Utah, but where else can they find you? So I have an active uh, Facebook page uh, that's a uh, vehicle to wealth. Oddly okay. enough, I call it vehicle to wealth. Um, <laughs> my uh, I'm very active in the internet. Um, my website is www.legallifeplan.com. So it's all the legal things that affect your life, your will, okay. your business plan, all you know, all those things. On the internet, on the website, you'll only see the the will because that's again a marketing piece. You gotta you gotta choose your lane and you gotta keep yeah. a very focused message. <laughs> um, yes, sir. So people are like, you're you're not a business attorney. I said, why is that? I mean, well, your your website only talks about wills. I'm like, oh, you want you want that page? I'll give that to you now. But I'm yeah. keeping my message very focused. <laughs> yeah, then, you know, yeah, I, I give yeah, them the business more, page. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so. You know, and again, that's a lot, that's something that the business owners need to know, you know, focus your message, you know, the, yeah. the more focused and, and, and narrow my message is, and for the net that I'm going to cast the demographic that I want to reach, it's amazing. The more different cases that come my way. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Well, cool, and man. Well, I, pick and choose. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no I, I really, uh, I really appreciate that. Well, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and end this uh, live stream on Facebook real quick. All right. All right. Cool, man. Well, uh, that was it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate cool. you. I really appreciate it. Um, I really appreciate all your, yeah, all your knowledge, man. That's great. Thank Good you so much. <laughs>